Hello everybody and welcome to the Film Review Central podcast with me, Kieran Grudgins. Today is the 31st of December, so I hope that you all are having a really, really nice uh, New Year's Eve. Obviously, everybody is going to be trying to forget the horrible uh, 12 months that we've just been having in 2020, but I hope that everybody has a lovely and safe 2021. This is going to be quite a long podcast. Obviously, there's been uh, quite a couple of them over the past couple of days with massive rankings sort of end of year celebrations. Um, you know, from especially in my case with my podcast. So uh, this is another um, you know, long one. So uh, make sure you get a drink, get some food, and uh, listen in to this podcast today. We are going to be going through my entire DVD collection. Um, if you guys have been fans of the um, channel for a while, you guys know that I upload um, monthly uh, DVD collections, so sort of telling you guys what DVDs I've been uh, buying every month, so sort of giving a bit of a review, and also giving you guys a bit of a preview, actually, about rankings and certain uh, podcasts that I'll be able to do with having the DVDs uh, accessible. So, um, it's definitely a wide range of genres, and you'll definitely see what uh, films and what genres of films I do really really enjoy so I hope that you guys can uh, enjoy this podcast I don't expect you guys to have the DVD collection that I do I know I have quite a lot of DVDs um, as we go into here but I really want to know what your favourite DVDs are what DVDs you just keep getting out and watching let me know via my Instagram Uh, that would definitely be fantastic spark up a bit of a conversation uh, as well, I'm always looking for some fantastic buys. Always looking for some really, um, you know, good films on a, on cheap deals. So uh, if you guys have any idea about where I can go, what shops I can go to, uh, to find specific DVDs, we can have a really really nice lively discussion. I definitely want to interact with the fans a lot more because you guys have been fantastic over the past uh, eight or nine months of this channel. You know, and now you're recommending podcasts that I do. So that's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Never thought well, I would get there. So um, obviously we'll go in alphabetical order. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, DVD. Some I've watched, some I've not watched. Um, so that'll definitely uh, be a very, very different uh, discussion. But obviously I'm going to be sitting uh, in a chair on a mic with DVDs beside me. And for the uh, next, looking at 25 minutes, half an hour, uh, definitely going to be delving into uh, some DVDs. So let's begin then with uh, not just one DVD, but five DVDs, uh, because it is the Arrow Collection. Um, I think everybody gets bored when I say this, that I'm watching the Arrowverse currently, uh, trying to work my way through that, trying to, you know, sort of get off a lot of dedicated podcasts. So my main 2020 has been watching Arrow. Uh, I have uh, all five seasons. They weren't on, uh, you know, cable or TV channels. Season six, which I'm on now, to season eight are on cable. So I can definitely get that watched uh, on there without buying any DVDs but every single time I brought the f- uh, the next season I always always you know checked it out watched it back to back now I'm watching it more in the timeline so it's not that specific but absolutely fantastic season one I really really enjoyed just a quick little review um, you know fantastic introductory to this character uh, but I felt the episodes were very very stereotypical season two was by far one of the best uh, Arrow seasons I've currently watched. Deathstroke was fantastic. 
the action was just so much bigger. Um, you know, sort of the nice additions in there. The third season was decent. It was very, very good. Uh, Ra's al Ghul was, was a fantastic villain inside of that. Season four lacked a little bit. Damien Dark got to a bit of an, a bit of an annoying villain for me. Um, and sort of obviously it's, it's now got everybody... Um, else sort of in the Arrowverse, so you sort of tackle him with different storylines. And then season five was, was was pretty good. It was a nice progression, uh, obviously leading into um, season six, which I'm currently on now. So, you know, I'm a massive, massive fan of Arrow. Uh, I definitely won't continue to be watching it, dedicating my time to watching um, the series, but definitely look at next year, you know, getting a lot of Arrow-related podcasts, you know, ranking the seasons, ranking the characters, um, you know, ranking, you know, my favourite episodes, top 10, um, you know, favourite episodes of Arrow or whatever. So um, that is the only TV uh, series I've got on DVD as well. So I'm going to have to have a look in the new year, um, sort of about TV shows, what, what can I pick up, uh, you know, where can I, you know, access you know, season one and then possibly get, you know, a, a, a combined season one and season two. That's definitely something I can do. But that... Uh, for now, is predominantly the TV show I have been watching throughout 2020. So moving on to the films, The Alien Quadrology, the first four films in the Alien series. I have not seen any Alien films. A lot of people say, oh, please, can you rank the Alien films? Um, and I definitely will do. But obviously, this is a fantastic place to start. These films are absolutely classics, absolutely classics. Um so, you know, it's a really, really nice set, combined set. Not only do you have uh, all the films, but we also have some uh, behind-the-scenes special bonuses as well uh, coming in a really, really nice case. So something that's definitely going to be taking up my time, possibly watching them special features, uh, seeing sort of, you know, the extended version of this uh, alien world, and then somewhere in here that is going to be uh, another alien-related um, film as well so uh, we can definitely get into that and talk about that but uh, really really nice that I picked up the set and um, this is definitely going to be something that I'm going to dedicate my time to because a lot of you guys uh, have been asking for it. That's it for uh, sort of you know the big sets um, before we move into Avengers Infinity War one of my favourite MC. MCU movies, obviously the 10-year celebration, the culmination of everything that's been happening, and it definitely delivered. Thanos was fantastic. Um, you know, as the villain, you know, you sort of understand his motives. Uh, the characters were fantastic. The interaction between the Avengers and the Guardians was really, really nice and comedic. Um, obviously, some people sort of took a backseat, specifically in this film, Captain America, I thought didn't really have a lot to do. But it was a celebration, and, and definitely it was... Yeah, build up for Endgame, which you know sort of focused more on the, on the main six Avengers. So, uh, really, really glad I got this. It is probably the most rewatchable MCU film. I definitely have, um, you know, kept rewatching, rewatching it. You know, introducing it to people, um, you know, as well ever since it it came out in twenty eighteen. So, really looking forward to, you know, keep watching this, and it's definitely going to be something I'll be watching. Next up, moving on to the B section, Black Hawk Down. This is a Ridley Scott film uh, that, and an Oscar-winning one as well. I've not checked this out, but my dad says this is fantastic. Uh, a, a great cast as well, Ewan McGregor, uh, Eric Banner, Ewan Bremer as well. Um, so fantastic. I'm 
I'm looking forward to watching this because I think it's going to be something really, really different. Um, it, it also has some extra features as well, uh, about three and a half hours more. So that's definitely going to be, you know, going to dedicate my time to sort of see the behind the scenes look. Um, so I'm really looking forward to checking this out. I think it's going to be something very, very different. Um, sort of taken away from my normal stuff I talk about on this podcast. You know, maybe this will spark, you know, a war, you know, war films ranking or top 10 and, and stuff like that. So looking forward to checking that one out. Some fantastic uh, talent in there. Another film that's got some incredible talent in, but I've just not got around to watching it yet. Blood Diamond. This is uh, a film... Uh, sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Connelly and Digimon Huntu. I love all three of them. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely going to be something very, very different. I have watched a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies, but they're not sort of these hidden gems that a lot of people talk about. You know, the very generic films, Wolf of Wall Street, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, you know, Django Unchained. So they're, they're going to be films that I'm going to be uh, watching predominantly for Leonardo DiCaprio, but... You know, this one definitely looks really, really cool. I'm looking forward to watch. It's got five Oscar nominations, so you've got to put that up there uh, when you see that on the front of the DVD. So looking forward to checking this one out. I do expect it to be uh, definitely very bloody, um, sort of a fantastic story, uh, you know, great setting as well. So looking forward to checking that one out. Next up, we have the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Um a highly divisive film from wow 2016 now um yeah yeah that came out so it's a long long time that was actually the year i started my film reviews and i remember reviewing this after watching it and, and sort of having my problems with it and i completely understand that people really enjoyed this movie uh but i i do have some issues possibly that are similar to you guys that are listening right now um i think the whole idea about Batman vs Superman was something that was really groundbreaking. People wanted to see for a really, really long time, but it just didn't contain, you know, that you know fighting. It was definitely a massive story. It took on so much because it was, you know, set up Wonder Woman and her film. It, you know, set up a Justice League, you know, with little things from Aquaman, uh, you know, Cyborg and Flash, and. Um, you know, so you know, it obviously dealt with you know the Man of Steel spin-off. So I felt like it was trying to be um sort of a, a bigger movie but sort of you know didn't really look at it advertised when saying, Look, here's Batman, here's Superman, they're gonna fight now. Um, I thought it had some fantastic action in it, very spaced out, yes, but fantastic action. I think Jesse Eisenberg sometimes gets really, really overlooked as Lex Luthor. I thought he brought that comedy that we, we've not really seen from you know other versions of Lex Luthor so I, I pretty much enjoyed that I love him as an actor um so while I like parts about this film I do feel like it does have its very very clear problems from one pretty average film to three fantastic movies the Back to the Future trilogy um what can I say that's not already been said about this trilogy? Fantastic, groundbreaking trilogy. First one coming out in 1985, and you know that they hold up. You know, I was you know extremely when I started you know reviews and when I started really liking movies, I I always sort of try to find modern films. Um, I'm a big superhero fan. If you didn't already know, sort of by what we've already seen and what's coming up in this DVD collection, so I sort of took away from that. And then when I actually watched films like Back to the Future, like Shawshank Redemption, 
as well. I sort of dedicated my a lot more of my time to seeing these old classics, films that you know don't you know really have the best CGI or sort of these explosions, but actually fantastic stories. And these are exactly what they are. Um, obviously, you know, there's going to be one of the one that's uh, you know the weakest. That's definitely yeah, Back to the Future Part Three. But classics, I introduced them to my sister as well. She wasn't the biggest fan, but she's not a big fan of sci-fi anyway. Um, but absolutely fantastic. I love Back to the Future, and uh, I definitely want to possibly do a ranking on the Back to the Future films, and uh, a little bit of a spoiler as well of my top ten favorite movie trilogies. Uh, this one definitely uh, is there. I won't tell you where it is. You have to go and check that podcast out, but it's definitely going to be up there. We could do these next three films uh, together, and that is the Captain America trilogy, uh, one of my favorite MCU trilogies. Um, fantastic action, fantastic excitement. Um, just sort of, you know, talking about each film individually. The first Avenger w- was a fantastic origin story. Really, really paid respect and homage to the uh, comic book character. Winter Soldier went something completely different. It went for a political spy thriller, linked in with the Avengers of Black Widow, introducing a really, really solid villain in the Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, Falcon as well added it for that comedic sense. So that's fantastic. And then Captain America Civil War, one of my top five favourite MCU movies. They are that film is just absolutely fantastic and Avengers two point five as as a lot of people call it. Um so fantastic trilogy, uh, one of the most rewatchable uh, trilogies inside of the MCU and um you know I will definitely be recommending them free free films as so if, you know, watching the timeline, watching the, in the order, um, you know, chronological order, but definitely, um, you know, look out for the Captain America films and, and hopefully they'll enjoy them. Slightly different tone, Central Intelligence, Kevin Hart, Dwayne Johnson's first collaboration. And this is a fantastic film, really, really funny. Um, Dwayne Johnson is, you know, very, very surprising in, in that he does bring that comedic tone. I think this was probably the first film we really saw him in. Uh, that Kevin Hart as well, you know, their interactions, uh, you know, bouncing off each other with their comedy is fantastic. Um, I've not watched this film in a while, so I might watch this film, you know, if I ever do a rock, you know, Kevin Hart collaboration ranking or something like that. I do want to watch this one again. Uh, it's got some extended versions as well in this specific DVD. So I'm really looking forward to checking this one out again, but definitely one that is so, so memorable and, um, you yeah, pull, know, pulls off some fantastic, fantastic things. And then um, we have the only James Bond film that I own, Die Another Day. A lot of people who are dedicated, who absolutely love Bond, say you've got one of the worst ones. And yeah, I do agree with that. Um, but no, I was really, really happy when I picked this one up. Um, you know, really, really enjoyed um, you know Bond and, and Pierce Brosnan films as well. But this one was, was definitely a very, very clear dub, uh, you know, f- for me. Um, I thought the villain was just really, really boring inside of it. So the the different setting and the different tone, I think, with uh, going on ice and sort of doing that was very, very odd, but something nice to see in a different James Bond film. So it's a little bit like Batman vs Superman in the the way that it has its positives, but it really has its clear negatives that just brings it down. Um, You know, definitely want to see what, um, you know, prices of, of sort of older James Bond films as well because you know 
when I watch every single Bond film, sort of leading up to the new newest one, No Time to Die, I can definitely watch watch a lot of uh, the you know films. James Bond do a lot of rankings. I've actually ranked um, every single film. You know, the actor had their first James Bond film, so check that one out as well. But definitely want to dedicate a lot more podcasts to uh, everybody's favourite spy. And Die Another Day will definitely feature in that. Whether it will be at the bottom, uh, I don't know. Moving into the next one then, and we uh, have The Fallen Films, a a two-movie collection. I've not got Angel as Fallen, so uh, we just have to stick with this one. Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, fantastic action films. And looking forward to seeing the fourth uh, Fallen film. Uh, Definitely want to see how uh, you saw that lines up with with the uh, trilogy but uh, really really enjoyed both of these films it's definitely very very interesting to see um a political film and um, something that sort of looks at the uh negatives about you know being in, in politics and stuff like that i thought it was a really really interesting dynamic that they went for that probably is overlooked because of all the action gerard butler sort of doing you know what he does best um yeah, so we've got some fantastic actors in both films, really. Aaron Eckhart, uh, Morgan Freeman. And so, uh, really looking forward to seeing what the fourth film has to offer. Uh, out of these two, uh, I definitely really, really enjoy London Has Fallen. I think it's really cool to see sort of a place that you know, place that you visited sort of on fire. You know, sort of seeing them big explosions. I think it was a bit more of an entertaining film for me as well. Um, so really looking forward to uh, seeing what the fourth film has to offer. But in the meantime, you can definitely check these two out whenever I want to. Fantastic Four, uh, or in 2015, or as a lot of people call it, uh, Fan Four Stick uh, is next up here. Yeah, I, I understand why a lot of people do not like this film, because I, I'm in that part. It is probably one of the most boring Marvel films I think I've watched. I really enjoyed the first two uh, Fantastic Four films. I thought they were fantastic, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, you know, the the chemistry between all four actors is is very very odd. I don't think they really understand sort of where they're going for with this. Um, you know, Doctor Doom was 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 it was nice to see him um sort of in the film but he just doesn't fit so i think there's some really really clear problems in this and you know things that you can't really overlook you know and also if you watch other films with the actors in then they're doing a much better job in the film and i think the production was so messy um you know miles teller is fantastic in in very big comedy films uh you know that awkward moment um you know, he's, he's good in Footloose as well, the new one. Michael B. Jordan, of course, known for Creed, better in Black Panther. Jamie Bell was in Rocket Man, um, you know, that was released last year, the film about Elton John. So there's definitely some fun, definitely some fantastic actors inside the film, but it just doesn't deliver for me. Next up is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, obviously, the expansion of J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Uh, and this is a really, really fun film, but it's definitely a very story-based film. Not very much action, not very much, you know, excitement in there. The twist at the end was fantastic. Um, I actually was brought this um, sort of a, a four-for-one that somebody was putting on, and um, we were away. My family was away uh, in a nice little cottage, 
uh, you know, one of the very few times we've we've been able to sort of travel this year. And I said, you know, let, let's put on Fantastic Beasts. And uh, my mum is not a is not a massive fan of the Harry Potter films. She's never seen them. Um, my dad, my dad has my my sister's a massive Harry Potter fan. Um, so when I uh, introduced this film to her, I said, w- you know, just watch it, just see what you think, and she really enjoyed it. So you know, hopefully we can definitely um, sort of introduce her into Harry Potter, sort of, you know, make her see Harry Potter in a different light now. Um, but yeah, fantastic film, really, really good, and uh, definitely uh, another film I'll rewatch and sort of allow Harry Potter fans to sort of see the Wizarding World in a new light. Next up, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, definitely up there in an MCU ranking. Anybody's MCU ranking, such a popular film. Uh, the soundtrack is probably one of the best soundtracks in films. I've really heard some really nice, new, um, you know, interesting music that I heard. The, the chemistry between the five actors that played the Guardians is brilliant. Um, you know, so the comedy was really, really was there from start to finish. Uh, the action as well excited me. And it was a massive, massive risk for Marvel to do that, especially in their second phase. Um, but they absolutely, you know, brought the house down. James Gunn as well, um, sort of making, you know, his mark on this MCU with other fantastic directors. Um, so a really, really pleasant, colourful uh, and, and comedic film that uh, literally had me in stitches every single time I watched it. Uh, coming back to a film that I've not seen yet, uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. So obviously I'm trying to build up um, sort of my monster verse. Uh, I have watched Kong Skull Island. I watched that in the cinema uh, when it came out, but but none none of the Godzilla films. Obviously we're gonna have Godzilla versus Kong uh, next year as well. That has been confirmed with sort of the HBO Max Warner Brothers deal. I don't want to talk about this on here. I've, sp- I've spoke about it on other podcasts. So, um, but yeah. But Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Elizabeth Olsen as well. Obviously, I believe that this was the film that actually uh, got them the opportunity to play brother and sister in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. So this is a nice uh, role to see them two in uh, away from the MCU. And, you know, it's going to be a film that you can literally switch off. You can, you know, say, I'm going to put on Godzilla. It's going to be full on you know, action, nice story as well. Brian Cranston's in this as well. I, I like him. I'm watching um, Breaking Bad at the moment, trying to get a ranking out about that in the new year. So, um, you know, it's nice to see him in the inside of this movie as well. Um, you know, sort of that mentor role to Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. So overall, it is going to definitely be a good watch, but it's going to be a film that I have not seen yet. And it's definitely going to uh, allow me to do a lot more different rankings. We spoke about Fantastic Beasts earlier. Now let's move on to the main series, Harry Potter. Yeah, absolutely classics. A lot of people have been asking me about Harry Potter ranking. That is currently in the works. So that is coming very, very soon. I'm doing that with my sister as well, who I've mentioned before is a massive Harry Potter fan. So uh, she's going to join me on the podcast uh, and do a combined ranking. I um, absolutely love the Harry Potter films. This is an eight collection a uh, film collection as well so I can uh, you know watch and, and enjoy all of them and not have to worry about oh can I get this film here film there um, so yeah I really really enjoy Harry Potter a, couple of, a quick little thoughts on all, all of the films why not uh, The Philosopher's Stone a, a great film you know sort of great introduction to this um, you know world obviously you know looking back at it now you possibly think that you know, it's definitely nice to see, you know, witchcraft and wizardry, something that's really, really different. 
Uh, Chamber of Secrets, great sequel, fantastic action. Um, you know, sort of looked at that darker, you know, part of the uh, Wizarding World, and um, you know, really, really nice one to enjoy. Harry, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, nice, nice introduction. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older, a little bit more mature. The actors are getting older as well. Um, you know, so definitely looked at more mythical fantasy elements of the of the series. Goblet of Fire, my favourite Harry Potter film, really, really entertaining. The idea of the, um, you know, the Goblet of Fire and the and the the cup, you know, the was was definitely a really nice twist. Um, I thought that the action again was brilliant. Uh, Voldemort sort of brought this into a lot more of an older, you know, older films that you know people have got to now really think, okay, yeah, these are something completely different. Uh, Order of the Phoenix, uh, I have my problems with. I think it was definitely very, uh, you know, boring. It definitely could have been a little bit better because, you know, it's all about Harry, Ron and Hermione sort of training people for the war. I thought that was a film that had to be made to set up other, other instalments. Half-Blood Prince, yeah, again, another one that sort of, you know, let's get now finally to the sort of the conclusion. Um, I thought that the bold decision about Dumbledore uh, was really nice to see in a, in a, fran- in a franchise this big and, sort of, and stuff like that. So it really paid homage to the books. I thought that was really, really nice to see. And then Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2. Really liked De- Deathly Hallows Part 2, the culmination. It definitely did feel like a, a big, big celebration. We could end these characters um, in a really, really nice place. Uh, Deathly Hallows, again, it is a part one, so you do think, okay, it's going to build it up. There's some nice areas on it. It definitely feel very, very segregated between the heroes and the villains. I would like to see a bit more interactions between that. Um, but it's definitely going to be something that is definitely going to set up a really, really good finale. So let's move on then to a slightly different film, It. I w- actually watched this film for the first time a, a couple of months ago. Um, I'm not a massive horror fan but i really enjoyed this film and a lot of people did i am going to watch it chapter two very very soon um as well so i'm i'm a, I'm a big fan of it i, I was I, I went into this um sort of saying i'm not going to like this i'm going to switch it off after the uh yeah first half an hour but i did it was a really really nice film to watch um to sort of see this in a completely different light I um I thought that Pennywise was fantastic. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's performance was brilliant um, as well. So looking forward to it. And this is obviously Stephen King, really, really good uh, horror writer. So um, I'm going to definitely uh, watch it, really, really enjoy it. And uh, possibly do a Stephen King ranking of my top 10 favourites or, or something like that. Moving on then to Iron Man. Iron Man. Um, fantastic introduction to the mcu that you know there's no there's no better way of putting it robert downey jr's performance definitely um you know gives it off it was one of these films where you look where the franchise is now and then you look back at it with a lot more appreciation saying that if that film didn't work we wouldn't have these superhero films it's just as simple as that uh john favreau definitely um you know gave us something different he did a lot more comedy films um you know the fact that they said oh yeah the elf director is going to um, direct Iron Man and you think really um, you know Gwyneth Paltrow is again nice addition Terence Howard I thought was actually pretty good as Rhodey uh, I do prefer Don Cheadle but he's he's pretty good as, as Rhodey 
Um, yeah, Terence, um, Jeff Bridges, sorry, was was a was a really really good villain, probably really underrated. Um, so definitely going to be up there. Definitely holds up. You know, twelve years later, thirteen, uh, soon to be thirteen years later, of course. Then we have some absolutely absolute classics um, to talk about. That is Indiana Jones. Um, three films. I am currently in the process of trying to get um, the Last Crusade. Um, I I've only watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic, absolutely loved it. And then um, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull definitely has its doubters. Temple of Doom as well. I've heard is a really really good film. Um, so I don't want to say a l- more on that. There's definitely going to be a ranking very very soon. I'm good, definitely going to get that one out because it's such a beloved series. But I can only speak highly about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yeah, definitely going to be up there. Not only in Indiana Jones films, but Steven Spielberg films, Harrison Ford films. Uh, definitely one of the most memorable films I've watched for a really really long time. Completing off the I section, not not your actual I, you know, the letter I, is Inception. So um, I'm a big fan of one Christopher Nolan, and um, this was the film that was I was actually really nervous about watching beforehand. I thought that it was such an odd um, premise. I thought that okay, how are they gonna how are they gonna pull this off? There's no way that people are gonna pull this off. And they did. I mean, a fantastic all-star cast. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, sort of leading that. Um, you know, Tom Hardy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Cillian Murphy, Michael Caine, uh, Marion Cotillard. So some fantastic ac- actors and actresses inside of this film. My dad has not watched this film. He's a big, big fan of uh, Christopher Nolan, the Dark Knight trilogy as well, but he's not seen this film, so very, very soon we're going to watch this. I do want to hear his thoughts about this one as well, um, because I, I understand a lot of people do like it, but if it's not for um, it's not for people, then you know I, I don't understand why people would uh, would not like this film. Coming back to superhero films, but in a slightly different uh, franchise, Logan, uh, Hugh Jackman's final film. Um, in the X-Men uh, series, absolutely love it, absolutely love it, I'll tell you a quick story about this actually, uh, I tried to get into the cinema to watch this, I was 14, um, you know, I think it was a couple of days off actually being 15 actually, and uh, I watched it, I, I tried, I went to the cinema, I watched the trailers, I, I was um, somebody that was really looking forward to it, and um, I wasn't allowed in, because I was 14, this was a 15, I did explain that I was a couple of days off, and, and sort of, I was with my friends who were older than me, and um, I said, yeah, yeah, can I go and see it, they went to go and see it, I didn't, and I went to go and see another film as well with another good friend, um, who, who sort of came along, stuck by me, but the others went to go and see Logan, and one showed up about it on the journey home, so, but no, obviously I brought the DVD when I was old enough, and um, and I really, really enjoyed it. The action was fantastic. Uh, you know, the interaction between Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart was, was really, really nice to see, really emotional, especially at the end. And it was just a really, really nice film to watch, because not only is it sort of a finale for Hugh Jackman, as well as also for Patrick Stewart, and you, you know, really sort of a very, very dark, a very, very story driven film and um, I think it definitely surprised a lot of people uh, but definitely one of my favourite favourite films in the X-Men trilogy or franchise as you'd like to call it but 
Logan trilogy. Of course, the Wolverine trilogy. Uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, Guy Ritchie, another one of my favourite directors. Love his gangster films. Slightly different with this one as well. Charlie Hunnam's brilliant. Looks really cool. Jude Law as well, bringing that dark element into his role. But, you know, King Arthur's been done so many times a lot of people think oh okay another king arthur film but this brought something really really different uh nice hints of comedy as well inside of this um but guy Ritchie's a fantastic director i trusted him before i watched this film and you know he did not disappoint fantastic uh setting as well um so i know a lot of people didn't really enjoy it but i did another film that uh, a lot of people uh, really, really enjoyed Mad Max Fury Road. My dad has not seen this one. I'm going to show this to him. I've not watched any other uh, Mad Max films, so um, I will definitely watch them because um, I'm a big fan of Mel Gibson. He's a fantastic actor. But Mad Max Fury Road, uh, the the dark, bleak, dystopian sort of apocalyptic world that that this film uh, interacts with is is really cool. The action sequences are completely and utterly original charlie ferron um you know kills as this sort of badass woman tom hardy as well a really really different performance for him he's such he's such a diverse actor the fact that he did this film and legend um in the same year so such different films but both really really entertaining so uh i could only speak highly about this film and um, in a year where there was massive massive sort of big franchise installments like Avengers, Star Wars, uh, Jurassic World as well. This one definitely, definitely held up. We own the first film, the MCU. Now let's move on to the first film in the DCEU, Man of Steel. Zack Snyder um, sort of, you know, showing his um, you know, idea, this premise for what the DCEU has to offer. Of course, he's had his problems in the past couple of years Um and then now we're finally going to see the Snyder Cut of, uh, of Justice League. But, you know, coming back to this film, Henry Cavill looks really, really cool as, as, as Superman. Um, I think definitely the introduction of Zod instead of Lex Luthor was, 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 a, was a big, big, bold decision. Um, I understand a lot of people have problems with this film. You know, it's definitely very, very dark. Um, you know, this guy's supposed to be, you know, the symbol of hope. And he definitely had to you know, hope for definitely a lot more uh, yeah, than in previous Superman installments but I liked it I enjoyed it, it's definitely not my favourite DCEU film um, but it's definitely going to be up there, I think it's a really really solid start um, but definitely something that um, they really introduced a lot to uh, the other DCEU installments Slightly different, going from superhero to fallout action, Mechanic Resurrection. The first Mechanic film was fantastic. Uh, definitely a film that you guys have to check out uh, if you're a big fan of Jason Statham. And then the sequel uh, delivers on much more action, much more excitement. Um, obviously, there's a lot more, uh, you know, sort of big names in this. Uh, Jessica Alba, Tommy Lee Jones, Michelle Yeoh. Um, as well so um, some really really nice um, yeah, sort of slick action sequences the story uh, is definitely very very action driven um, yeah, the supporting cast the ones I've not mentioned was sort of yeah, they're bystanders for, for Jason Statham but a really really nice continuation of the character um, I, I, I hope we get a, a third mechanic I don't know whether there's going to be one in the works uh, but definitely a, a film that I will really really enjoy and uh, keep watching Moving on then to Munich, um, Steven Spielberg obviously mentioned earlier, he's a fantastic director and this one is 
for me, is probably his most underrated because it doesn't uh, have sort of this pop culture. But Munich's fantastic. I've not seen the film. Uh, my dad has, has only has only said praise about it, so that's definitely going to be a film I want to watch together. Um, some great names as this Daniel Craig in an early role. So I'm looking forward to watching it. You know, the fact that it was nominated for Best Picture as well. It definitely doesn't fit the stereotype of an, an Oscar uh, Best Picture nomination, but looking forward to seeing the potential that this film has. And um, hopefully we'll be up there in my Steven Spielberg ranking I'm currently working towards. Paranoia. This is a film that not a lot of people know about, um, but uh, the trailers have really excited me. Um, so I definitely want to watch this film. Um, you know, sort of talking about you know Harrison Ford earlier. Definitely going to be um, something to definitely see. Gary Oldman as well. Massive actor. Liam Hemsworth sort of looks really really cool in this world. And I think it, it definitely shows a lot about security, about technology. Um, so, you know, two sort of two rich men sort of trying to compete against each other. So I think it's got some really nice um, modern day themes uh, and ideas inside of the film. Uh, but definitely looking forward to this film because it's not part of an existing property. And a lot of people will definitely um, sort of look at this film and think, oh, I'm not watching that. But I, I definitely want to see this film and see its potential. Moving on to a franchise, the the Planet of the Apes films, uh, the trilogy, of course, um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I have in this sort of little two, um, you know, part collection. Um, I haven't got War for the Planet of the Apes, but I have seen it. And once again, this is going to be part of my top ten favorite movie trilogies because it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Andy Serkis brings the house down with his role. He's fantastic. James Franco in the first one was really, really cool as well. Definitely really nice to see. Um, but also in, in, the, in the sequel, you have some some really, really great names um, in this one as well. Uh, Gary Oldman, we've just mentioned in the previous film. Uh, Jason Clark as well. Toby Kebbell. So, you know, both films definitely really, really excite me. Uh, I do prefer uh, War for a Planet of the Apes. I think it brings out so much fantastic action. But really looking forward to... Um, sort of rewatching these again and uh, introducing them to a lot more people. Moving from a big ape to um, Quentin Tarantino film. I know there's no really link to that one. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, um, one of Quentin Tarantino's first films, um, and sort of you know embarked the career, embarked the career. Um, you know of people like Tim Roth. Um, you know, Harvey Keitel as well. So some really, really good performances inside of this film. Uh, I am working on the Quentin Tarantino ranking. Um, I really hope to sort of watch this one again, sort of see how, um, you know, sort of, you know, how the film works, how the film sort of looks uh, in comparison to his other other film work. So uh, looking forward to Reservoir Dogs, looking forward to seeing its uh, potential, um, you know, with a new audience and new excitement, but it's Quentin Tarantino at his best and he definitely introduces his you know, sort of prominence in cinema. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. If you guys have not seen my ranking of all uh, the new Star Wars projects that have released based on excitement, uh, I actually mentioned about Rogue One saying that it's my favourite Star Wars movie and up to now it is. Rogue One's absolutely fantastic. I will watch this again and again. This is Felicity Jones, really, really cool. The idea that you sort of one line in A New Hope when Princess Leia says, you know, a lot of people died, you know, for the Death Star plans. 
the fact that they took that line and said, okay, I'm going to run with this and brought an incredible idea with some really, really nice characters. I know a lot of people have their problems about the ending, sort of killing everybody off, but but that's what Star Wars is. It's sort of, you know, it sort of got, it makes them decisions to sort of fit the timeline, fit, fit the continuity. Um, I absolutely love Star Wars installments anyway, both film and TV. And I'm really, really looking forward to watching this one again because it's such an easily rewatchable film for me. I mentioned that I've got the Alien Quadrology. I said I had another Alien film, and here it is. You guys know what it is. Uh, Prometheus. Um, Ridley Scott, so coming back to this, I know a lot of people have the problems with this film. I've not seen it, so I'm going to form my own opinion on it. But even looking at the cast, you know, you've got Michael Fassbender, um, you know, Charlize Theron, Guy Pearce, Idris Elba. He's definitely got some fantastic people inside of the movie. I... I, I can understand why people look at it when I saw the trailers the CGI looks a bit odd but I'm looking forward to seeing it where it fits in my uh, alien ranking I don't want to say any more because obviously I've not seen the film but I'm looking forward to seeing the potential it has on on this film Star Trek Nemesis next and um, I am a I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I've not seen a lot of Star Trek films. I've I've watched Chris Pine's trilogy. I've watched the first two of the original films, but none sort of looking at, at Picard and sort of his journey. Uh, obviously, this is the final film with him in. Tom Hardy as well as sort of a uh, unrecognisable role. I thought he was really, really cool inside of the film. It looks really, really cool as well. So looking forward to watching this one. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Patrick Stewart and his work. We mentioned him earlier with Logan. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing the film and seeing its potential uh, sort of on this Star Wars, uh, Star Trek universe and um, yeah, sort of having that idea. By the way, a massive, massive thank you to everybody that's still listening to this podcast. I know it's a really, really long podcast now, currently obviously in 40 minutes. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for everybody that's sticking around with this. I really, really do uh, appreciate it. Let's move on then to S, so the S section. And uh, we can actually put these... Uh, two films together because they're both containing the same character, Spider-Man. Very, very different opinions on both of the films. We have Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man 3. Uh, Starting with Spider-Man 3, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this film. I, I really am. I really am not. Um, the, the villains were really, really too much. Venom was such a weird, weird performance. Tony Maguire, when he was sort of had that confidence and that dance scene that everybody goes on about, I thought that was such an odd decision to bring the character. Um, and then sort of the idea about James Franco, um, you know, sort of losing his memory and then sort of forgiving Peter, I thought that was a bit of a cop out because I liked the idea of, of sort of, you know, friends being torn apart peter parker not having his friends by his side um and then it was completely injustice in this film so there's so many problems with spider-man 3 but not a lot with spider-man homecoming fantastic uh, way of bringing him into the uh, mcu iron man the fact that he the fact that iron man's in the film and has such a prominent role inside of it i thought that you know, the fact that even in the title just brings his dominance into it. The interaction between them is brilliant. But obviously, we've heard so much about Spider-Man uh, Homecoming 3 or whatever they're deciding to call it. You know, watching this film just really sees that it's a proper Spider-Man adventure and uh, sort of looking at a high school's perspective about the whole sort of universe. 
moving from one big franchise like the MCU to the DCEU, we can we can talk about these ones together, even though they are slightly different films. Um, Suicide Squad and Shazam, both uh, two films of the DCEU. Uh, Suicide Squad to begin with, um, I actually really enjoyed this film. I know a lot of people have their problems with it, uh, but I thought the the performances from people like Will Smith, Margot Robbie, uh, Viola Davis, I thought that was they were definitely really really good to see. Um, you know, so we we're, we're really going to see uh, the Suicide Squad be expanded, some really nice and interesting new faces in the Suicide Squad. They definitely need to change that. Um, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely very uh, a bold move to sort of devote a film so early in their series to a, to uh, some villains that we've not really even heard of. So I thought it was some really, really good in, uh, introductions into this one. Shazam was something completely, completely different. I really liked this. I thought that the whole idea about, you know, sort of teenager being a superhero um, sort of brings the tone down. The comedy was really, really nice. Uh, Zachary Levi, perfect casting in that role. Um, so there was definitely some massive, massive positives. Obviously, sometimes it really went quite dark, um, especially with the moments with Mark Strong. I thought that was a bit uh, odd. It's all going from from him sort of trying to you know kill a lot of people to then Zachary Levi trying to buy beer, and sort you know sort of spitting out saying oh I hate beer but you know it's definitely something that you know is is definitely a, a big big film and I'm looking forward to watching this one again. Sin City slightly different uh, comic book adaptation. Uh, this is such uh, entertaining film. I watched this one um, a couple of months ago for the first time. Um, the idea of having such a dark setting and then having that hint of colour, I think, was so bold, so original. Uh, I thought that the, it's talked to that really graphic com- comic book um, and sort of, you know, didn't take any prisoners. Um, you know, the casting's fantastic, some great names inside of this film. Um, so it had a fantastic, fantastic idea and it really, really drove with it. Uh, one of my favourite biopics, I definitely want to do sort of a top 10 favourite biopics and stuff. This one's definitely going to be in there. That is straight out of Compton. Uh, I love NWA's music, so cool. Um, you know, sort of the idea of these guys, you know, sort of, you know, saying what it, how it is. Um, sort of a really nice way as well that they um, sort of delve into, uh, you know, sort of the group NWA, but also their solo careers as well. Definitely felt like a complete biopic story. Um once again, this was released in 2015, and you know, so there's, a, there's some big, big franchise installments. And so the fact that that still, you know, had a, an impact, people still went to go and see it, was absolutely fantastic, and it was such an enjoyable film to watch. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, this film wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, um, but it was a really nice uh, introduction back to Star Wars, um, sort of kicking off a new trilogy. A lot of people were anticipating this film. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that the idea of Han Solo dying um, was sort of really, really bold choice to make. Um, and sort of having the main people back, but also sort of introducing new characters was really, really cool. I thought Kylo Red as well uh, was a was a very, very sort of emotional and powerful villain uh, inside of the film. So obviously, a lot of people have got their problems with the, uh, the sort of the Disney trilogy, um, but I think this is definitely what probably one of the best out of the lot. Um, it was definitely a film that I will definitely be rewatching. I mentioned that I had a Star Trek uh, film and in Star Trek Nemesis I have the one 
straight after that in sort of release order. Star Trek 2009, the sort of reboot of this. Chris Pine was fantastic. Zoe Saldana in an early role as well. Really, really cool to see her. Um, and I just thought that's this is probably my favourite Star Trek film. J.J. Abrams, this is the reason why he actually got Force Awakens. Uh, because of his style, his, his dedication to the sci-fi genre, not st- trying to do anything new, but sort of sticking to its stereotypes within the genre, I thought was really, really cool to see. So um, it's a fantastic film, and it's a really, really good action film as well. Nearly done, final stretch, and this one is another Stephen King adaptation, which is The Dark Tower. Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, um, two fantastic actors. I've not seen this one yet. I know a lot of people have their problems with this film, but I definitely want to build my own opinion. Uh, whether this will be in my top ten favourite Stephen King films, I don't know. I've only watched three of his, uh, three or two. I think it's two films of, of, of his now, so uh, definitely looking forward to expanding his uh, ideas, his sort of themes within his books, and sort of how that portrays onto the screen. So um, I, I'm definitely going to watch it, especially in the new year. Um, I've watched a lot of films of Idris Elba as well, so this is just going to add another one to the collection. Um, but yeah, it's going to be something that uh, I don't want to say say much more on uh, because I've I've not seen the film, so I can't really build an uh, an opinion on on it. Also, the little review with it. Um, so that is going to be all about the Dark Tower. Uh, but there are these are two films that I have seen. That is Maze Runner and Maze Runner: The Scorch Trials. Uh, I've not watched. I've not. I have watched all three, but I've not got uh, Major One of the Death Cure yet. Uh, definitely trying to find that one on a good price. Um, first Major One, really, really good, really, really exciting. Dylan O'Brien was fantastic. Um, then the Major One of the Scorch Trials went for something completely different, very, very dark. The setting was very, very sort of dull and um, sort of apocalyptic, which I thought was nice. Um, I think that the second one is is a massive build up to the to the first one, the deci- uh, the third one. The decisions that it makes are sort of, you know, definitely looks into that a lot more. Um, but I thought that the first one was really, really groundbreaking. I'm a big fan of the books as well, and I think it definitely pays good respect to the books and sort of what they uh, decided to put in it. This one is a free movie set. Uh, I have uh, a couple of these, as I've just reviewed that. I didn't, know, I didn't really know how much I had, but uh, the, the Hunger Games, um, this one was actually brought to me a week before Mock and J Part 2 came out. I was like, oh, there's another one. Um, I've not got that one on DVD, unfortunately, but the uh, I have ranked all the Hunger Games films, so check out where um, yeah, I sort of put all three films, but a really, really nice series. Jennifer Lawrence, of course, brings the house down as Katniss. Uh, sort of a nice ideas as well with Josh Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Woody Harrison, Elizabeth Banks. So some really, really nice names in this one. And uh, go and check that out. Like, do you want to check out my, uh, my full ranking? I can sort of delve into the films. But really nice I can get these one on. And I, I, I might actually introduce these to my sister because I think um, that she'll really like them as well. One that doesn't it, uh, part of an existing property, but we'll have, an, we'll have a sequel very, very soon. The Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson... Um, sort of starring their their comedy really really works uh, um, against each other. I thought it was a really really nice film. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, sort of in a a Deadpool style role. What I mean by that is sort of his, his comedy in Deadpool was definitely brought into this film. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson as well as always so so cool and badass. Definitely one of my favourite actors. Uh, obviously, Samma Hayek's the second film is going to really be dedicated to her character. So I thought that was going to be really nice to see. And um, whenever the Hitman's wife 
bodyguard is going to be coming out. Um, I am looking forward to seeing it, uh, its potential. The Last Samurai is going to be the next one. Tom Cruise. I've not seen this film yet, but it is this one is a two-disc widescreen edition, so it's definitely going to be showing us a lot more uh, within the action sequences. I'm, I'm glad I picked this one up in this version. Um, I definitely uh, am looking forward to seeing it. Big, big fan of Tom Cruise, of course. Uh, Top Gun Maverick being the film he's going to be releasing next year. Um, so uh, this one is, is not really um, Tom Cruise sort of at his best in sort of a franchise installment or, or a film that a lot of people can remember but really really nice i um it's sort of film to definitely watch and uh and look at so looking forward to watching this one the born legacy i uh, watched this film for the first time a couple of uh months ago in in preparation for a born ranking so i have ranked all five of the born films so please go and check that out on the podcast so looking forward to seeing Jeremy Renner uh, in this one as well. Edward Norton was uh, a nice addition. Rachel Weisz as well. One of the one of the very, very few films I've seen uh, her in. So looking forward to The Bourne Legacy. I think it's going to be, you know, a big, big action thriller. Sort of seeing whether they expand it or, or not. But go and see where this one goes up against the Matt Damon films in my Bourne ranking. Troy is the next one. Uh, Brad Pitt, Eric Banner, Orlando Bloom. Um, sort of, you know, the, the three actors that I really, really, really enjoy sort of seeing their definitely very diverse filmography. Um, I've not seen this one yet, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson, I've not seen much of him in terms of his um, sort of uh, filmography. So uh, looking forward to seeing the, his potential and uh, definitely really, really excited to see where uh, sort of this new idea of Troy takes me. And um, we now have the extended harder cuts of Taken. Um, I have not seen this trilogy yet. One of the trilogies that a lot of people have been saying, why is this not on your uh, top 10 favourite trilogies? Because I've not seen it. But Taken is obviously here. It's available for me to watch, for me to check out. Um, really, really like this film. Really, really like Liam Neeson. I've watched uh, Honest Thief, The Commuter, sort of uh, his most recent thrillers but this one is definitely the most memorable the act the lines you know the obviously the iconic line that he does uh, is going to be really really cool to see um so yeah so I, I definitely want to watch this film and hopefully a ranking of all three taken films or you know Liam Neeson uh thrillers could definitely come up in the future the final little set as we uh, are very very close to the hour mark um of this podcast I know this is probably the longest podcast I've ever done but uh it, let's get um into this one then with uh, War of the Worlds. I've just mentioned Tom Cruise as well in The Last Samurai and this is one I have seen. Um, yeah, it's, it's not the best film. It's not the best film. I thought the CGI was a bit odd. Um, the fact that you have Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, you definitely feel, okay, that's a fantastic collaboration. Not the best film. Um, I definitely think it had its problems. Um, but it's going to be definitely be one that I'm going to re-watch again, possibly closer to the time I do a Spielberg ranking. Um I don't think it's going to be the best, but I think Spielberg has some fantastic films. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to beat sort of films like E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws. Um, so, um, it's definitely going to be very, very interesting. Definitely, uh, you know, something very, very different to watch. Um, so, looking forward to seeing uh, War of the Worlds. Uh, these ones are part of a collection, uh, and that is the X-Men um, installment. Obviously, I spoke about Logan, um, 
as well in this podcast but these are more of the main sort of um you know part of it um i've not got all of them but definitely some um very very different as well so we have x-men 2 x-men the last stand as well x-men first class and x-men days of future past so a lot of very very different in terms of quality but x-men 2 really really nice really enjoyable sequel um the x-men the last stand as well is probably one of the worst i i cannot really say much positive about this one otherwise that it just happened uh x-men the first class as well really nice interaction between fassbender and mcavoy definitely one of the most underrated and days of future past i didn't like it as much as other people did but i i understand why people like it i think it's a really really solid x-men sort of time travel film um so um if you want to see where these four films sort of go up against the other 13 films in the x-men uh universe um sort of you know check out that podcast where i rank all of them i want to see the x-men in the mcu very very soon and the final film in this podcast yes i know a lot of you are thinking when's the final one but it, it is here uh, wonder woman uh, my favorite dceu film of course i rank uh rank the, the dceu films as uh, sort of a tournament based style uh, and definitely always said this one needs to be number one. I won't tell you if it is, but I was definitely all through that podcast sort of really looking forward to it. I've also reviewed the sequel, Wonder Woman 1984, um, as well. So um, that's going to be something that's going to be really, really interesting. I uh, thought that Gal Gadot brought the house down. Chris Pine was nice as well. And sort of the themes of Greek gods, um, sort of World War Two, Amazon Warrior, sort of the, the mix of... Yeah, time zones and sort of different themes and ideas were really really nice to see and uh, yeah definitely remains one of my favorite um, dcu films for sure so that is it for the entire dvd collection of 2020 here by me kieran grudgings uh, obviously i just want to thank uh, everybody this is the final podcast of the year uh, so i want to wish you all a very very happy new year uh, obviously a lot of people have uh, sort of had a very very difficult year um, you know, more difficult than I ever have uh, this year. So, you know, my thoughts, my prayers go to you. I really hope that you all remain safe and we'll definitely be getting out of this pandemic very, very soon. But thank you very much for all the support on these podcasts. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the monthly uh, reviews about what I've brought, what I've um, purchased is definitely going to be coming, uh, you know, very, very soon as well. But I've just got to purchase some really good DVDs. I don't know what my next podcast will be about for the, first, for the last time this year, but I hope that you enjoy it. See you later.